4: Ho, 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 and Merry Christmas, everybody. On the week of Christmas, this is Ron Seggi with our show for this week, and I hope that you are going to enjoy it. We're going to be talking about Christmas with my longtime pal, Tony Orlando. Then, a gentleman by the name of Scott Ryan has a book out called Last Days of Letterman, the last six weeks of his show. It's very interesting. Mandy Landenfeld will be joining us. Avoid stress during the holidays. She's got the answers. Then next hour, lovely Dina Martin with some Christmas music. We're going to reminisce about Memories of Christmas with Cindy Lauper. And later on, from Saturday Night Live fame, comedian Kevin Nealon and Claudia Lombana will be here. And she says it pays to do last minute Christmas shopping. Oh, I can't believe it. And that's all coming up this week with Ron Seggi today. My first guest this first hour on the week of Christmas, Tony Orlando.
1: if you're 85 or younger would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family we're final expense direct with an urgent message for you the average funeral today costs over eight thousand dollars but the most you'll get from government benefits is 255 dollars how will your family pay the difference we can help our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to thirty thousand dollars for a funeral and other final expenses
5: number you'll ever need to end your IRS tax nightmare. Call Paramount Tax Relief at 800-547-4804 for a free confidential consultation to find out if you qualify for the CNC Tax Program. Once you are accepted into the CNC Tax Program, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Call Paramount Tax Relief now at 800-547-4804. That's 800-547-4804. Again, 800-547-4804. Christmas in New York, there's no place I'd rather be. It's a tiny land, land with snow, snow. and ah, the big red apples all over It's a very merry Christmas, it's very, oh it's a very it's special very, very Christmas,
3: because it's Christmas, it's Christmas. Christmas.
4: I love it. I love it. It can't be Christmas around here unless we have our next guest with us. Joining us right now with Ron Seggie today all across the USA and around the world is my pal of many, many years. And as I said, it's just not Christmas without Tony Orlando. Hey, Tony, how you doing? I'm doing fine,
6: Ron Seggie, my friend. I'm going to tell you something. I look forward to these radio shows with you because every time we've done one, You and I call each other afterward and have one big laugh over the (laughs) talk we've had. I think we enjoy it more than the listeners, for goodness sake. I can tell you this. I love you. I love your family. I wish you a Merry Christmas and everybody who's listening to Ron. Merry Christmas, and thank you for all the years of friendship and support.
4: Well, you know what, Tony? I am so happy that you're able to do it because you are on an excruciating schedule. You know, I thought last year when you had a, a major birthday party that you would kind of slow down. Man, you are like the Energizer Bunny. You will make... you <laughs> People will make, energize me, you know? Well, you will make Tony Bennett look like a real slacker one of these days, you know that? Well, he's 10 years older than me, at least. Well, I think he's even older than that, but, you know. Don't forget, I'm still two years younger than Paul McCartney, Rob. Yes, and two years younger than the Savior. So, I mean, you're really doing well. How is Franny, Jenny Rose, John doing?
6: My daughter's fine. My wife Franny's fine. My son John is great. All of them are great. We're having a wonderful time out here on the road. It was a tough schedule. I'll uh, give you an example. So we flew from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, to Sands Casino, where we did 12 shows, a Christmas show. We flew then to South Carolina, did the show the very next day after 12 in a row. Got on the plane back again to North Dakota, went to North Dakota, did the Christmas show, got back on the plane and flew back from North Dakota to Florida, where I am right now. That's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. and Now, wait. It doesn't
4: stop here, ladies and gentlemen, because then he goes to Atlantic City on December 31st, close to his New York roots, and then you're going to be in Florida for three weeks. You're going to be all over the place. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I think this is one of the most excruciating and fun-filled tours that you've been on in a couple of years.
6: Well, no, you know, I, I, I uh, honestly, we've been. I do about 135 dates a year, every year. And what makes it look worse to you, being my friend? Is that this year they're clumped together in that December period to the point where you go, "What?" Yeah, and then you look and see, and you know, yeah, but that's because the Christmas show has been so accepted. For instance, I'm right, right now as I speak to you, I'm at the Villages. Yes, and we've sold out two shows, wow. and you know it—it's just—it's amazing to me. And I think the country wants to feel good. We've gone through such hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's such a, a sense of fear. And I think something good for two hours, like this Christmas show that we've done for 24 years. You know, this is the longest-running Christmas show, maybe other than Nutcracker, to be yeah, honest with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 24 years is a long time to run a show. It sure is. And it's every time we've done it, as you know, it started in Branson and then went to Vegas, and then now it's on the road. As you know, you, you were there in the very beginning with Claudia and your wife, Claudia, and sent her my love, by the way. And hugs. And to your kids, I love them all. But you know that show has always had a response that's positive. But this year, Ron, I'm telling you, I can't, I, I can't tell you, the people's reaction is different. And it's, I think this kind of a, it's become a kind of a focus group on where the country feels about where we are mm-hmm. uh, in this war with ISIS and everything that happened in San Bernardino, et cetera, in France. And I think people need something to feel good about. One of the things we should never do is remove Christmas from that list. Right. From our Christmas list. Yeah. Because can you think of a better field time period in life than Christmas? Yeah. And I mean, I don't care if you have a Hanukkah tree in your house. Hanukkah and Christmas are two of the most important, joyful times a year.
4: Yeah, I agree.
6: Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, you should never, ever walk away from those those in any way i think people are standing up
4: for that i don't know if i've ever told you this before i think i did though but a couple of years back i brought my oldest brother to one of your shows i think it was in lakeland it was the christmas show and uh uh, he was always always the kind of guy that you know christmas music he didn't want to listen to it because it made him sad you know he just didn't want to be a part of it so i take him to see tony's show And I look over to him as Tony's going through this great, great show. And I really mean it. I get the chills just talking about it. And I see a tear running down his cheek. Now, the last time, I can't remember the last time I saw him. Maybe when my mother or father passed away. But I see this tear. So we go backstage afterwards. We're talking to Tony. And he comes up to Tony after I introduce him to him. And he says, you know, you're the only man that has ever made me cry. And a crying, oh my gosh. A tears of happiness, and being sentimental, I never saw that before. And you got that out of him. And you didn't even know him at the time.
6: Well, maybe he was crying because I had a horse throw or something. no. no. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Don't do
5: that. Don't
4: do that. Now, I love, as you know, because we've been friends for a million years, I was so happy when you came out with Tony Orlando and Dawn, a Christmas reunion, and, of course, you know I love Christmas in New York because I love that ending that you produced. But this is right. such a great CD, and it's so Tony Orlando and Don. And,
6: you know, it's not never been for sale. You know that, right? I know that, yes. Yeah, I know. that's the sad thing about it. The, the best work the girls and I have ever done. In 2008, with Michael and, Marty, and we, we he called us up and said, would you come in and do a Christmas album? Because we, we never have one. So we did it, and we did it as an art to... Uh, video thing we're going to sell both the video of the old show and that and it never happened, and so that you have one of the rarest copies. Now I do see on Amazon sometimes. I think there's some pirated stuff that's been put out there from it. So if anybody wants it, it's there it's, or on my website, dot I'll send it to you. We have a few left. But to be honest with you, it's the best work we ever did, Ronnie, and that's the truth.
4: And the pictures are great. You always said that you wanted a non-touched-up picture of what you look like and the girls look like. It's great. I'm going to tell you a real story. I was just coming back from Pennsylvania on a road trip a couple of weeks ago, and I'm listening to the radio because I like the Christmas music. And I told my wife Claudia, I said, you know, I don't hear some artist that I really enjoy, like Tony. You know, I hear forty-seven versions of "Holly Jolly Christmas" and "Burl Ives," but <laughs> but I never hear this. I've never done this before. Okay, the radio station gave a number. You know, call in for you know a charity or something. I pull over to the right. side of the street. I call the radio station. Now, Tony, oh. I have never done this in my life. Okay, and I've been oh. in radio for fifty-three years. And I said, "Hi," uh, and I told him my name. As it didn't make any difference. I said, let me ask you a question. You play Burl Ives, you play Nat King Cole, you play uh, Bing Crosby, you play all these people. Why aren't you playing a Christmas reunion with Tony Orlando and Don? And he says, I don't know. I said, well, look into it because I'm listening and I want to hear it. I think I shocked the guy. I got in right. the car my wife said, I'd never see you do that before. I said, I was hot. They weren't playing my pal's songs. <laughs>
6: oh, that's nice. That's Thank a true you. story. Well, you know, I was just a serious radio and we did a uh, oh, about a, an hour's piece on the Christmas station on their Christmas lit channel, and they are playing uh, some of that stuff now, and some of my favorite cuts, you know, Christmas recordings, you know. So I, I, I uh, thank you for that, and and uh, hopefully someday it'll find a market out there for us. But I got to tell you, I'm very proud of that album. I, 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 it's one of the few albums I've, I've ever done myself that I listen to. I don't like to listen to myself. You know, anybody out there ever record themselves and they go, that's me? Yeah. I I sound terrible. Well, that's what I feel like too. When I listen, even Yellow Ribbon and all that stuff, I go, my gosh, I could have done better than that. Well, this album is the only album I actually play as though it was somebody else's album. It's weird. weird. Yeah, You know, it's weird, because Michael Omardian captured Telma Joyce and I to a degree that Telma will call me and say, are you playing the Christmas album this year at the house? I am, you know. We, we really love it, the three of us do, you know. And by the way, we still remain friends and call each other all the time.
4: It's a great album. Tony, can you stay with us just a little bit longer? Sure. Tony Orlando, and he's talking about Christmas time. His CD is right in my hands. you got to find it someplace. It's great. Tony Orlando and Donna, Christmas reunion. And Tony Orlando and I will be right back with more with Ron Seggie today. Mary, did you know that your baby boy
6: one day you walk on water Mary did you know
3: that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters
7: as a mother you don't want to have to worry about this bill is coming but then she needs this chemo that's a decision you shouldn't have to make
2: At St. Jude, a family never sees a bill at all. It's like the world has been lifted off of your shoulders.
7: The treatment doesn't get any better than what you receive at St. Jude. It saved my life. It saved my daughter's life. It saved our family.
2: St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures. Saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. As a mother, you don't want to have to worry about
7: this bill is coming, but then she needs this chemo. That's a decision you shouldn't have to make.
1: It's a huge burden lifted financially, and so it allows you to give singular focus to your child. I've never known a hospital that takes care
8: of their patients so thoroughly. That was the first thing I was like, how are we going to do this? When they told us that we didn't have to pay a single bill, I was like, wow. They pretty much have saved us.
2: It's like the world has been lifted off of your shoulders. And now your focus is supporting this child.
7: There is not another hospital like St. Jude. The patient care is unmatchable. It saved my life. It saved my daughter's life. It saved our family.
2: St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures. Saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. It's pretty amazing when you consider that seven years ago, we didn't have the treatments we have now. We cure 80% of children with cancer. Go back 50 years, we were curing 20 to 30%. This is the miracle story of modern medicine. We understand what makes this cancer tick. And of course, without donors from around the world, this just couldn't happen. There's one thing we're focused on, and that's beating this thing. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. This report is brought to you by Amazon. Just in time for the holiday season, Amazon announced the Best of Prime 2018, celebrating Prime members' favorites of the past year. The most popular product was the Fire TV Stick with Alexa voice remote among U.S. members. Justin Timberlake was the most streamed artist worldwide on Prime Music. And Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan starring John Krasinski as well as Homecoming starring Julia Roberts were the most binge shows on Prime Video. According to Amazon spokesperson Julie Law, Fast Delivery defined the year.
9: Throughout the past year, Prime members enjoyed ultra-fast delivery speeds, sometimes as quickly as nine minutes with Prime Now. And around the world, Prime members ordered more than two billion products with one-day
2: delivery or faster. Best of Prime highlights how members in 17 countries enjoyed the best of shopping and entertainment from Amazon. To see all of Prime members' favorites, visit Amazon.com slash Best of Prime. And new members can sign up for a free 30-day trial at Amazon.com Prime.
4: We're back live nationwide and around the world. It's Ron Sege today. Well, it is back for a thrilling third season... Monday at 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 Central Time on the Discovery Channel. It's People Magazine Investigates. And joining us right now is People Magazine Senior Editor, Alicia Dennis. Hi, Alicia. Welcome back to the show. and Congratulations on season number three.
9: Thanks so much. It's great to be on the show, and I'm so glad you're watching it. We're really excited about our third season.
4: love these kind of shows where they take actual footage a little bit of hollywood in there with some reenactments and interviews it's done very very well and this one coming up is one that uh, took place in Louisiana, right? Somebody's watching. You're right.
9: right. Somebody's watching. It's uh, the story of Nanette Crintel. She's a woman who uh, was married to the local fire chief, Steve Crintel. And one day, Steve gets a call at the fire station. He thinks someone's playing a cruel joke on him that his house is on fire. And uh, by the time they get there, the entire property has been completely demolished, and Nanette was had been inside initially people thought that it was a tragic accident but a few days after her body was found they discovered that she had been shot in the head and so however this fire was started it was covering up a murder
4: you know it always um, kind of bewilders me why people who do that uh, do not think eventually especially with a shot in the head that it's not going to be found I mean in an autopsy I mean bones and everything else it's it. People just, I guess, they don't think, why would you think if you're a murderer, right?
9: That's right. And I think that so much uh, evidence does get destroyed in a fire that whoever is responsible was thinking that there would be no way to trace or catch them. But Mm -hmm. um, let's not let that be the case. (laughs) We're continuing to push in, and the police are looking really, really carefully into every possible scenario in the hopes that they'll be able to make sure that they can figure out what happened to Nanette.
4: now alicia i'm sure it's not very couth if i turn around and say how did this thing end up right <laughs> this whole idea is to let everybody's appetite
9: that's right um you need to watch the show i think that one thing that we do well is tell these stories through the eyes of the people that are experiencing them mm-hmm. so you're going to hear not only from the police and the reporters that worked on this case but you're going to hear from family members you're going to hear from steve uh, her husband you're you're going to hear from uh, a lot of people inside of this story, and I think it gives viewers just a fuller picture of it.
4: Did they have any children?
9: Uh, they had a child. He had a child from a previous relationship, mm-hmm. um, and so she was a stepmom.
4: Okay. Now, how far back do you go with these stories? I mean, do you go back to the 80s, 70s, or you do you keep it kind of what's in the headline now?
9: that's such a good question we try to make sure that we have a combination of all those things so we have cases that could be in the news right now and then we also have cases as far back as we have an episode this season about Charles Manson and those murders and I think what's interesting is that everybody's heard about those people feel like they they know about them but there are several open investigations that are connected to Charles Manson and his followers that we are going to be exposing and talking about in one one of our episodes, you so.
4: know, it's amazing. Every time somebody mentions or does a story, because Lee's Wheel has a book out right now who used to be on Fox, Anytime the name Charles Manson comes into place, regardless of how many things have been done about him, people are attracted to it, you know, I mean, because it, it's such a bizarre situation and it was so big in the headlines, I don't think that the story will ever die.
9: Yeah, you're completely right. You know, you make such a good point. It's next year will be 50 years since this happened. Right. And just the fury and the horror of the murders, the fact that Manson was able to seduce a group of young people to follow him, and believe him and not ask any questions all those different elements i think compel and intrigue people even today and make people ask how in the world could that have happened
4: alicia do you go out and seek these stories or have people sent them into you
9: i think little bit of both that goes on. We have a, a big crime team. We have the best journalists in the business. I know I'm biased, but it's it's really true. And we spend a lot of time looking at cases all around the country. We're looking at cases, you know, in small towns, big cities, and we spend a lot of time debating those cases and talking about the intrigue within them to decide which ones we should make into episodes.
4: Now this is a 1-hour presentation and it's a 15-episode season. Do you have all the stories for the next season? Already done?
9: for, for season four, which we haven't gotten yet, we have a big list of stories that we would like to do. Uh, for season three that you're about to watch now, we're wrapping up and finalizing the last ones of that those 15 episodes. Once we start airing, you can start watching for us every Monday for a new episode.
4: I love these stories that you do the reenactment. I don't know if people realize as they watch TV that there goes a lot into the reenactment. I mean, it's almost like making a motion picture done so realistically air disasters does that too on the smithsonian that the reenactment is like a feature film
9: yeah it's it's really a complicated thing because we're trying to tell these stories in a very realistic way and the reenactment part i think just adds to drawing people into being able to see that story and feel it and watch it unfolding Mm -hmm. but at the same time not taking away from the journalistic value Value of each one of these cases so I think we've done a really good job with something that's kind of tricky because you're right it's almost like a mini film with inside each episode
4: and you do a great job with it too now the show is really successful people magazine investigates it's on the investigation discovery channel going in its third season starting Monday this has been a top-five show at the network since uh, well the entire 2018 and you know with all the stuff that's available on cable that is an astronomical accomplishment
9: well, we Really proud of it. There's a lot of people that are interested in true crime. A lot of people that have gone into this particular avenue and this um, genre. And I feel like with our combination of you know the journalists that work really hard on these stories and investigation discovery, which is you know just the network where people go for crime, that it's a really good partnership.
4: And I think that going for crime is meant on a basis of wanting to see how it's done. Certainly not wanting to promote crime by no means. Exactly.
9: Report crime, don't commit it. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. There you go.
4: Alicia, I wish you a lot of luck with the new season. As we mentioned before, it's Monday. It's on 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 Central on the Investigation Discovery Channel. It's called People Magazine Investigates. How long have you been with the senior editor position with the People Magazine, Alicia?
9: I've been. In that position about four years, I've worked for People Magazine for about 11 in almost every section that we have, telling stories in TV and movies and all over the place.
0: Um, Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere wear with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low actually a lot so sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
9: And it's been in crime, really, that we've delved into creating this show and and really trying to make sure that we have enough for all these episodes. But, wow. yeah, I've been I've been here a little while.
4: Well, wow, that's great. Well, Alicia, you're a great guest and a terrific talent. And please join us again soon, okay? And we'll be watching the third season For the show, People Magazine investigates on the Investigation Discovery Channel at 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 Central on Investigation Discovery. Thanks, Alicia. It's a pretty name, too.
9: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I can't wait till the next time.
4: Great. And we'll be back with more with Ron Sege today. And we are back, live all across the USA and around the world. It's Ron Sedgi today. Well, if you're a fan of late-night television, that music certainly is not strange to you. That was the music that opened up 30 years of the Late in the Show with uh, David Letterman. Joining us right now is a gentleman who's the author of a book called The Last Days of Letterman, The Final Six Weeks. Joining us right now is Scott Ryan. Hi, Scott. Welcome to the show.
10: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
4: It's a pleasure. You know, this is a fascinating book over a gentleman who in real life was a very private person and and like his mentor and all of our mentors for that fact in this business, uh, Johnny Carson. Johnny never wrote a book about himself. He let other people do that. And uh, David apparently didn't have that ambition to do that either. He wanted uh, an outside view. He's never written about himself, has he not?
10: No, he has not. And I I would be really shocked if if he ever did. I would be floored.
4: When you interviewed all the people for this book, and you interviewed a ton of them, a lot of them, you know, the. Employees of the show, directors, writers, producers, were they reluctant to talk about them?
10: They were very reluctant. In fact, one of my favorite things that happened is I started an interview with Sheila Rogers, who was the booking agent, and the first thing she said to me was, I'm regretting this already. Really? I I thought, oh, wow, this will be fun. But what was great is by the end of the hour, she thanked me for making her talk. And I think it helped them process the legacy that they did and they don't know that they have this legacy.
4: Sure. How come she was reluctant? I mean, was, did she say things that she thought would tick him off, or was it complimentary? Well, no,
10: she hadn't said anything yet. That's the very first thing she said to me. Oh, so, I, yeah, yeah. It was, I think it was, honestly, I think it's because Dave has that self-depreciating thing about him that I think. That's what they came to know. Mm -hmm. They really didn't appreciate what they had done. And I feel like, you know, in me asking questions and getting them to dig, they were sort of forced to realize, wow, we really did something for 33 years.
4: Yeah, uh, that's a good point. As I mentioned before, the name of the book is The Last Days of Letterman, the final six weeks you kind of focused on, and you know, it's funny because usually those last few shows, and I think it was something like 28 telecasts that took part of that six-week period, it's always the very sentimental time. I know it was for Johnny and Ed on The Tonight Show. Give us a little bit of taste of what kind of tidbits was going on there, because uh, obviously Feelings were running high. Emotions were
10: running high. Yeah, I mean, I think that they felt this burden that they had put upon themselves to live up to what Johnny Carson had done. Mm -hmm. I think that was the standard they were going for. Yeah, sure. Because I'm sure you remember those last episodes of Carson, and I do. Yeah. They were phenomenal. And I honestly believe that the Letterman Show topped it. I mean, they got the sitting president to come on The First Lady. And, you know, Johnny didn't get that. It's not like the late Bush went on during there. And that's a big deal to get a sitting president to come on a late show and bring, like, the president's own band to do a tribute to Dave. Um, I think those things make it sort of eclipse, not that you have to compete with Johnny, but I do think I mean, what's your opinion um ha- having seen both
4: I have a very distinct opinion. I think uh, David, when you say he was in awe of Johnny, of course, everybody in this business is in awe of Johnny. I watch him every night on antenna t v to this very day, and as I mentioned before, we went on the air, you know, Ed and I were uh, partners and best friends, but I think that David, who I think wanted to be so much like Johnny, had a little bit more of an edge to him. Johnny had mm-hmm. a kind of a that Midwest thing going for him where he could get away with saying something and looking a certain way and be that innocent little kid if he wanted to, <laughs> where David didn't do that. David had a little bit of a, an edge to him. I don't know how many times he would warm up to somebody as much as Johnny would.
10: But that is very true, and that that also could be the time frame. One of the things yeah, that's that true. really made me proud was that I got to interview Jim Mulholland and Mike barry they wrote for Johnny Carson since 1970. Right. And they went on to write for Letterman. And, I mean, these guys probably made me laugh more than anyone else on the planet mm-hmm. when you think of the amount of jokes. I mean, they wrote jokes from 1970 to 2015. That's insane.
4: The only kind of person that has more jokes than a comedian like David Letterman or Johnny or whatever the case may be, they always say, is a band leader in Las Vegas because he's played for enough <laughs> warm-up acts to hear every joke there was. Scott, for example, Cher, now she was on one of the last shows, but on an earlier show, she was very uncomplimentary to Dave with a very snide remark. What made that change?
10: Well, I, I think time made that change. I think that's what happens. And, you know, she says something nasty to him back in the 80s, and it became iconic. I mean... Cher is a a huge star, but that's what she's gonna be remembered. And so I think she wanted to come back and in fact it was her contacting and saying, I wanna be on the last six weeks. Now it was so hard to book, they couldn't book her as a guest, so she just does a walk on. That is the kind of legacy Letterman left that someone like Cher wants to be sure she gets her goodbyes in.
4: The ultimate fangirl has been described as Sarah Jessica Parker. Why was that the case? I mean, she really went into an elongated multi week farewell here that she spearheaded.
9: Yeah,
10: I mean, I think that Sarah and Dave always had this connection going yeah. way back to when Dave was on NBC. And it was it was a good connection because they did flirt but it never sort of got creepy or anything. It was sort of like a wholesome Uh, affection. Uh, Kind of, in a way, a lot of, going back to Johnny, when you think of Madonna coming on, Mm -hmm. and and sort of flirting, but not in, you know, uh, a real strong way. Right. And she was really the first person, the first celebrity, Sarah Jessica, that didn't let Dave shirk off the compliments. She went on there to say how much Dave had meant to her, and to America and he, and she tells him to just sit there and take it like a man and then she compliments them. Yeah. And that sort of opened the floodgates for other guests like Norm Macdonald or, um, Amy Sedaris and and other people to come on and share their feelings as well.
4: Have you heard from David since you wrote the book, Scott?
10: Uh, I keep telling him, leave me alone. I'm busy. (laughs) You sound like Rickles now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I have not heard from Dave. I never asked for an interview. I was pretty certain he knew about the book because I was getting such access that I think he wanted to shut it down, not shut it down, but, you know, stop people from talking. It probably could have happened. I did send him one through someone, but I never really was expecting to hear from, from him. To me, it's a, it's a valentine to the people that worked for him. Mm-hmm. And I I could see why maybe he wouldn't want to read it. Maybe he has. I don't know. I don't think there's anything in it that
4: would upset him. I can't believe that he didn't read it. I mean, I, everybody in this business is a narcissist. So good, bad, or indifferent, they're going to check in to see what it has. came out last month, so, you know, it's early in the ballgame. You still might get a call later <laughs> right. on in the year. You never know that. It is a fascinating book, really, and I urge everybody to get it. it. It is very good reading. It's fun reading because, you know, you follow this guy for 33 years at late night, so much on top of the game there when he was following Johnny. And you went through some of the stuff, too that he went through when he didn't get The Tonight Show, which is a fascinating uh, scenario. It's called The Last Days of Letterman, The Final Six Weeks, as penned by our guest Scott Ryan. Scott, I really appreciate you joining us. Good luck with this book. Do me a favor, come back, because you and I probably could talk for a million hours on this and other subjects regarding show business. So, Anytime you want. Let's do it. I got
10: nothing.
4: (laughs) Do you ever get down to Orlando?
10: um actually yes i do i go to florida in april really
4: into the orlando area
10: well we stay in sarasota but it's not very far well no you
4: know, it's not go over
10: to orlando
4: i will tell you that in addition to being in the radio and television business i also perform with a 15-piece orchestra with a tribute to dick clark's caravan of stars and we will be in sarasota in February. Uh. Let us know when you're in in the area and uh, we'll have you back or here at the studio or break bread someplace in between and talk about David Letterman. How's that? Uh,
10: I would love it.
4: Let's do it. And congratulations again. The last days of Letterman, the final six weeks as penned by Scott Ryan. Scott, thanks for joining us. Have a nice holiday. Thank you. You too. And there's more to come with Ron Segy today.
3: Hi, this is Wayne Allen Root, and I've got a voice problem. My voice easily gets hoarse. That's a big problem when you're a talk show host. I talk three hours a day on radio and TV. That's 720 hours a year. I have to protect my voice. Well, those problems are a thing of the past. My throat's 110% better. My throat is now a workhorse. That's because of, my doctor suggests, all natural silver lozenges. I pop these lozenges all day long and all show long. Silver has been used historically to destroy bacteria, virus, even yeast. Now, a more advanced silver formula is available in a liquid, gel, or lozenge form. These lozenges work. I'm living proof. They're a miracle for me. They'll work for you, too, with cold and flu season upon us. My doctor suggests, but Wayne Alaroot doesn't suggest. I enthusiastically urge you to try these amazing, remarkable, all-natural lozenges today. Call 866-660-9868. That's 866-660-9868 or go to MyDoctorSuggest.com. Use promo code Root10 to save 10% off that's mydoctorsuggest.com it's ron
4: sedgey today live all across the usa and around the world and right now we have somebody who's going to come to our rescue when it comes to the stress of the holiday season which in my case started about a week ago she's a (laughs) lifestyle expert founder of the sumptuous living blog you have appeared in people magazine huffington post on the food network joining us right now is our friend mandy landenfeld hi mandy how are you
8: Hi, Ron. How are you? Nice to talk to you again.
4: Nice to talk with you, too. And boy, when I say that you are needed now, I mean it. I mean, <laughs> do you keep calm at the holidays? I mean, you're the pro at this. Do you keep... I uh, know. Um,
8: I have a, I have girlfriends who are always texting me, what can I do with this and that and this and that. So I am a lifeline for sure.
4: How do you survive the holidays, Mandy? I mean, what is it that you can do, whether it's party, shopping, whatever the case may be, to prepare you, I guess, for the holiday stress, you could probably market a survival kit if you wanted to, you know, Mandy?
8: Right, exactly. Well, you know, the holidays really are about spending time with family, not getting stuck in the kitchen, right? And this year, Boston Market is helping every family put some joy back on the table done right with meal options to suit any kind of a celebration, including they have an incredible meal, the whole roasted turkey meal for 12 people is only one nineteen ninety nine, oh, which is incredible because you're going to spend more than that at the grocery store if you try and make this on your own. You know, it's amazing. Fully cooked, all you have to do is pick it up chilled at your local Boston Market, or you can even go to bostonmarket.com to have it shipped directly to you, which is amazing, and then just reheat it and serve on the holiday.
4: How far in advance do you have to order it, Mandy?
8: They have different... Uh, delivery options throughout the bostonmarket.com website so just go and hop on there and see what your timeline is
4: i don't know why everyone doesn't do that i tell my wife (laughs) i says you know you work really really hard then you Mm -hmm. have the meal which takes about 20 minutes to mow through then you work really really hard to clean up and you're beat you're tired you're aggravated you're mad it doesn't make sense if i was in charge of this household of which I'm not, I might add, Mandy, <laughs> I would just do what you just said. And you know what's nice about that is that Boston Market, it's not like you went to a corner grocery store and just bought something frozen. You could really fool somebody into thinking that you made this.
8: Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's Boston Market, the quality is incredible, and mm-hmm. we all know what um, everyone's going to swoon over and everyone's going to be thrilled with the flavors. And, you know, if you think about all the menu planning, if you think about the shopping, if you think oh, yeah. about the time to cook it, the time to... You know, clean it up. That's all time that you could give back to your family and have time together. So it's a perfect solution.
4: And I go back to the fact that it doesn't look like it was prepared by someone other than yourself. Who well, a lot of people that way because it does present that kind of uh, I did it myself in the kitchen routine. What about some suggestions for beverages? Okay, now I don't know if Boston Market supplies the kind of beverages I'm kind of talking about here right now. <laughs>
8: Well, I'm the cocktail queen, so I am very, I'm always excited to talk about this subject.
4: You're the cocktail queen. That's great. I am the
8: cocktail queen, Ron. So back in time for the holidays is Smirnoff's holiday limited time only favorite is Smirnoff Peppermint Twist. It's a fun, festive, affordable must-have for any holiday party. And then they also have this delicious signature Smirnoff Number 21 vodka. You can never go wrong with that. It's made in America, 10 times filtered, gluten-free, made from non-GMO corn. And if you combine the two of them, you can make a delicious Jolly Peppermint Java cocktail or even add the Smirnoff Peppermint Twist to a cup of hot cocoa in front of the fireplace or enjoy it as a chilled shot.
4: I think I'm in love with you. (laughs) Wow, does that sound good, Smirnoff? Oh, man. Now, what about desserts? Because, you know, everybody wants the dessert. And you know what? Sometimes desserts can be boring, you know? I mean, because it's the same old, same old.
8: I think we think about desserts during the holidays because it invokes that sense of smell, and so many memories are linked to our sense of smell, even more so than any of our of our other senses. And adding fragrance to your house this holiday season can add personality and character and airwick seasonal scents like Pumpkin Spice, Winter Wonderland, or Merry Cherry Holiday, are all made with natural essential oils and set the mood instantaneously and draw the guests in, making them feel warm and welcome during the holidays. You just pop them into your scented oil warmer or into your plug-in scented oils, but they also have a brand new system that is an essential mist. It's first of its kind to release time bursts of natural essential oils that your house has that gorgeous seasonal fragrance again and again as the night goes
4: on part of the charisma of the holidays is that smell thing going now you talk about even clothing a lot of people i go over to their house and they look like they're just ready to go out on the north 40 and fix the fence i'm kind of a clothes (laughs) horse so what do you do is be kind of cool for the holidays without overdressing so you don't embarrass all the other people at the party
8: well, I think it's it's important to look comfortable, look casual, look like you're you're ready to welcome friends and family, but maybe a little glitz. You know, you might have a big, chunky sweater, but add some kind of bling so that you look festive. The whole point of the holidays is to have a little sparkle to you, you know?
4: You know, I remember you mm-hmm. telling me about an ups- a goal that your family's had, a tradition of hijacking one child and going on a super secret trip with them. Tell us about that. I find that fascinating from the last time we talked, Mandy.
8: Well, I think the last time we talked, I was about to take my yes. last one on his trip, and th- and we did that I snuck him off. So we have a tradition that when you turn 10, you get um, snatched in the best way possible by one parent and taken off on a super-secret trip where you spend five or six days one-on-one with the parent getting to be king of the castle. And so I just took my last kid, thank goodness it's our last super-secret trip, but took our last kid to... Um, San Diego, and we went. He did surfing lessons. We did um, sea kayaking and snorkeling in caves, and it was just the most amazing trip. It was awesome, but thankfully it's the last trip I have to plan.
4: Well, <laughs> ma- maybe you can have more children and then go on more no, trips. No. You know, I'm still a child at heart, Mandy, so if you want to take me on a trip, or your husband, you know, yeah, you know so, so everything's above table, you know what I'm saying? So, That's right. Well, are we missing anything from what we wanted to talk about today? Because again, this is a very important time of the year, but it's important for the people who are entertaining as the goal is to entertain others?
8: Well, I think also to to remember that it is it it is a family endeavor and if someone is smart enough or kind enough to offer to bring something you be smart enough to say yes thank you and let them help out you don't have to do everything yourself and then also just make sure everyone has the opportunity to pitch in and chat because quite frankly even if it's just doing the dishes we all know the best conversations happen in the kitchen so just take that time to enjoy each other's company and make the season the best ever. If anyone wants more information, they can head over to tipsontv.com, and don't forget to hit up sumptuousliving.net for all of those ideal holiday recipes and really great, entertaining advice.
4: Now, I don't want to give away any secrets, but you live in Atlanta. That's not that far of a flight from Orlando, so I'm going to come up there right out. Uh, between Christmas and New Year's, and check out that uh, dessert that you have, that beverage with the Smirnoff. That sounds like a winner to me.
8: Perfect. Perfect. Look forward to seeing you. Perfect. Come on up,
4: baby. Come on up, baby. <laughs> Mandy, I enjoy when you're here. You're always welcome.
8: Perfect, Ron. Thanks so much for having me.
4: Thanks, Mandy. Mandy Landenfeld has been our guest, lifestyle expert, and founder of Sumptuous Living Blog. There's more to come with Ron Sege today.
1: 5716.
4: That wraps up hour number one of Ron Sedge today on this week of Christmas. Want to thank our guests for joining us this first hour, and they include my buddy Tony Orlando, author Scott Ryan, and Mandy Landenfeld. Next hour, the very lovely and talented Dina Martin gonna share some Christmas music. Then we're gonna reminisce about Christmas has gone by with Cindy Lopper and comedian Kevin Nealand. Claudia Lombana and she's got some very interesting news she says it pays to do last minute shopping if you've got the nerve and that's all coming up next hour when we come back my first guest the second hour will be Dina Martin